Hey, hey, this is the Church Marketing Podcast, and I am your host, Dave Shrine. Excited to talk to you about church marketing goodness. <laughs> so if this is your first time ever listening to the Church Marketing Podcast, please do not turn it off. That has never happened before, and it will probably never happen again. My name is Dave Shrine. You are listening to the Church Marketing Podcast, and I'm really excited to have you here for this next episode. Welcome. I hope that you're enjoying Thanksgiving week. I hope that uh, on Thursday and Friday, uh, you'll be able to take some time to spend with your families, take some time to uh, enjoy Black Friday shopping. Although, I have to say... I was on Twitter earlier today, and um, my buddy Casey was tweeting back and forth with somebody else. I can't remember who he was tweeting with, but basically he said that retail stores don't know what Friday is anymore, and I went back because I thought I had a better answer. Retail stores don't know what family is anymore. I mean, they're opening up on Thursdays at like 4 p.m., cutting right into Thanksgiving dinner time, and... Ugh, it just drives me nuts. But hey, maybe you're one of those people that it's like, hey, man, we eat at 12 and I'm done by two and I'm out getting my getting my shop on by four o'clock. So if that's you, more power to you. Let me know what deals you get. Um, I am going to be packing my mouth full with turkey and uh, pumpkin pie. I can only eat pumpkin pie if it has whipped cream on top. I don't really like pumpkin pie. If there's no whipped cream, that might just be me or that might be millennials in general. I don't know, but I am definitely going to be having pumpkin pie with whipped cream. Um, Last episode with Scott McClellan, the Uh, Christmas planning episode got a lot of really great feedback on that. Apparently um, what Scott shared really hit a lot of people uh, where they were at, really met them where they were at. So I was great and very grateful to hear that feedback and excited that uh, it was a great episode. And if, uh, if you're listening to the church marketing podcast here, I just wanted to give you a reminder to head over to churchmarketingsucks.com slash CMP. From there, you'll see a giant uh, iTunes icon would love for you to go and give us a rating in iTunes. Uh, That's how more pastors will find the church marketing podcast. That's how more uh, senior leaders are going to find the church marketing podcast. And that's how more communication people are going to find the church marketing podcast. And um, let's just get that in. Let's get it out in front of as many people as possible so we can continue to grow and make the world a better place um, for Jesus and for uh, churches to be able to put the message of Jesus out there. So speaking of iTunes. Um, if you are like me and you are just chomping at the bit to begin playing Christmas music, I have a little recommendation for you. And if you agree with me and you already know about this album, uh, leave a comment at, uh, at the show notes and, um, and let me know the best Christmas album that I have found in the last, golly, I don't know the last five, 10 years has been the Dave Barnes Christmas album. Not the second one, but the first one, it was, it's just an absolutely fantastic Christmas album. It's, it's not one of these Christmas albums that tries to be an awesome Christmas album. It, and you know, wreck all the old songs that you're used to hearing. It respects the old songs and it brings in really classic new songs, songs that are instant classics, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So check out the Dave Barnes Christmas album. Um, I think it's a very Merry Christmas. I think that's what it's called. There's another one called December to remember. Uh, both of them are great, but the first one is, is, is my favorite. And you can get that at churchmarketingsucks.com slash zero zero nine. That's where all the show notes are going to be. So if, uh, if you hear anything from this episode and you're like, Hmm, 
I'd like to know more about that. Just go to churchmarketingsucks.com slash 009 and everything will be there. So something else that I wanted to let you all know is here at the Church Marketing Podcast, we are big about sharing information with you for what we call the Certification Lab for Church Communicators. And it comes from the CFCC, the Center for Church Communication. And we have just announced the dates for 2015. And there's actually going to be two different certification labs for you to pick from so you can decide which one fits best with your schedule and which one is closest to you. So the first one is going to be in Dallas and it's going to be March 16 and 17. And then the second one is going to be in St. Louis and it's going to be June 8 and 9. So those are the two sets of dates for Certification Lab this next year. Uh, you can go to cfcclabs.org slash certification if you want to know more. Uh, there's a, a pretty basic landing page there right now because we just got the dates out and we're going to be adding more and more as we go. Uh, but there's quite a bit of uh, there's quite a bit of stuff there that you can access. And so, um, yeah, check it out. Start thinking about it. Start you know asking yourself, is this what you need to do to take that next step? to, you know, rock communications at your church. I went to the, this last one in California and it was absolutely fantastic. Um, I've been doing church communications for, you know, five, six years now, and there was a lot that I really benefited from and a lot that I was able to take away. So it doesn't really matter where you're at in the church communication, you know, landscape, there's going to be something that you can take away, walk away with and begin to apply. And it's going to be, make you a better communicator uh, and a better employee, worker, volunteer, whatever your role is at your church for your church. So check it out. CFCCLabs.org slash certification. Okay. So with it being Thanksgiving week, I wanted to go ahead and just make this a shorter episode, hop right into the conversation. We have a great, great interview with Haley Viturius, who is the uh, social media person for Saddleback. Now, you might hear the name Saddleback and immediately think, okay, my church has like 500 people. Saddleback has like 50,000 million people. Uh, what can I learn? There's a lot that you can learn. And, and the reason is because social is social media is based largely upon principle. It's not based like you don't get value out of social based upon how many people follow you or how many people engage with you. You get value out of social based upon following certain social principles. And so that's a lot of what our conversation looks like. You're going to get some great ideas for what social could look like at your church. Um, you might not apply exactly what Haley is doing at Saddleback, but it might spur some great thought for what you could do for your church, for your location, for your demographic, what your people would respond to. So we'll hop into this conversation. I'll catch you on the flip side. Uh, here it is, my conversation with Haley Viturius. Well, I'm very excited for this conversation. I have on the Skype line here, uh, my friend Haley Viturius from uh, Saddleback. And Haley and I met over Twitter. And, uh, back in, I don't know, May or June or something like that. And we actually had the opportunity to meet 
face to face when she invited me out to a communication summit that was happening out at Saddleback. And it was great to just get to hear, hear from her and meet her. And, um, she actually gave a presentation. There were a bunch of different people giving presentations and Haley was by far my favorite. And it was just a natural fit that as we're getting close to Christmas here, uh, to bring Haley on and to talk to us about social media and how we can be using social media for our churches with Christmas. And so Haley, thank you so much for taking time. Really, really excited. And and I 100% meant it. Uh, yours was by far my favorite presentation. So thank you so much for being here. Oh, thanks, Dave. Absolutely. I'm so so glad to be with you today. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we were able to make it happen because we right before I hit the big giant red magic record button, uh, we were talking about how time zones kind of get a little bit funny around the first or second week of November. And you're like, I don't know if I'm missing the call or if... I've got the time wrong, so we made it happen. We're here, and we're ready to start talking Christmas. Now, um, last last episode, we talked about uh, you know Christmas planning, and uh, Scott McClellan talked with us about what the creative process looks like for planning Christmas. But one thing that Haley just does so well, and it is actually her you know role at, at Saddleback, or one of the things that she does is manage all of the social media. And so, Haley, will you just kind of tell us a little bit about uh, what social media looks like at your church, like you know, just a, just a glimpse into what channels are you guys using and, um, you know, what does a, a, a normal week look like when it comes to running social media at Saddleback? Well, I love getting that question because there is no normal week of ah. running social media channels at Saddleback Church. <laughs> but for me, I um, kind of sit at the, I have this bird's eye view of all the channels and I directly oversee, um, our campuses and we have nine Southern California campuses and four international campuses. And I have volunteers at those campuses that I supply with social shares for the Southern California campuses because we're on the same teaching series. The international campuses are on different series. So they are resourcing um, old social shares. When I say social shares, I mean, pieces of grabbing pieces of content from that week's message and sharing it throughout the week on their channels. And we all follow the same strategy, um, Saddleback social strategy of connect, teach and share. But there is also a little liberty and freedom to make it your own for your own campus. That's why I'm not going to run Saddleback St. Clemente's channel because they are a beach city and they have a very unique way of doing things versus Mm -hmm. Saddleback. Uh, Saddleback Corona is very different. Saddleback San Clemente inland and yeah, just very different. I can't even explain to you. If you have questions, you can Google San Clemente and Corona and see the differences there, but it's just very different. And then internationals are completely different and they even use different language too. So the important thing is making sure that the voice of Saddleback is the same across all those channels, Mm -hmm. but that they're also adaptable and fitting their community and reaching their community. That's the most important thing. Absolutely. So uh, what kind of channels are you using? um, Do do all of the different campuses all use the same channels or does uh, Saddleback Maine have their channels and then different campuses pick theirs or how does that, how does that look? Our regional and global campuses get a Facebook fan page. All of them do. They all get a Twitter handle and that is something that's kind of in 
conversation right now that Mm -hmm. thinking, I don't really think our regionals need a Twitter handle because first of all, it's hard to find volunteers that understand it. Yeah. It's hard to find how that return on influence, that investment of tweeting and are they receiving any investment on uh, return on that investment of tweeting Mm -hmm. locally when the main brand channel is run in English and it's doing a pretty good job. Mm -hmm. So I just don't feel a need for regionals to have it. Um, internationals is also very different. It's not really a big deal in Hong Kong and in Berlin. So it's saying like we have we all reserved the handles. We did that right, mm-hmm. and they're all, they're all Saddleback and then the initials of the city. But trying to find if that is working for us or not, and if it's worth our time. I don't think that it is. So they have Instagrams and Facebook fan pages, and that has been worth the time. And Buenos Aires has a YouTube channel because they are in Espanol. So, yeah, we're definitely the guideline is Facebook fan page and Instagram, Twitter maybe, but we're not trying to force things to work that don't work. And I think that's really important. And then the main brand, Saddleback Church, has a presence on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube, LinkedIn, Google+. Um, Some a little stronger than others, but we fish where the fish are. And as a global brand, um, that really definitely changes things from just a local church community perspective to now global. Yeah. And having a presence there. Yeah. So that that's great. I love that you that you listed out there the ones that the that the main brand has. And I like the way that you worded that to the main brand. I think that's a really important distinction and something that I picked up on as well is um, you mentioned um, that the regional and the international campuses are allowed to have a Facebook uh, fan page and a Twitter um, handle, though whether or not they use the Twitter handle or not. I mean, obviously you mentioned that, but um, that's an interesting concept. So, so do you, so the main campus actually plays kind of official or referee there and saying these are the things you can have and these are the things you can't. Now, what are some of the arguments for limiting what a ministry, let's just look at it from a ministry standpoint, what a ministry, what accounts a ministry could or could or shouldn't have? Um, what are some of the, the arguments pro or against that? Like, why do you guys choose to do the way that you do it? Yeah, you are not holding back on these tough questions. <laughs> I think... Before I came into this position, it was basically a free-for-all. And, you know, ministries are trying to get seen. And I definitely understand that. And they don't necessarily know the best way to do that. And that's where Saddleback Central of Marketing and Communications, our central support team, comes in. And we're here to say, hey, we know how to do that. And we know how to effectively Mm. reach the people you're trying to reach. Mm. So let us help you do that and come alongside you. But there also has to be some sort of brand protection for the brand. And you know what we come to find, Dave, when we meet, sit and meet with some of these ministries is that they're just getting on social because they are on social, but they don't really even know who they are trying to reach. Ah. And so it's sitting down and having that marketing conversation, um, as Anthony likes to say, um, assess your audience in his ABCs of marketing. Assess your audience, find out who is your audience first. Mm. And this is what a lot of ministries do not do. So take that time to assess who you're trying to reach and then build the brand. We'll find the best way to communicate to them and then create community. Um, 
So I think with an organization as big as Saddleback, we need to have social media guidelines saying, if you are going to use the brand, you can have a Facebook group for your ministry because ministries are groups. Yeah. And we want you to have a great ministry with community and groups are the best way to foster that. Mm-hmm. And they can have a Twitter handle, but <laughs> most of them don't know how to use it. So, Well, you know, I, it's, it's a question that I get asked quite a bit too. Um, I'm actually in a, in a, you know, just a private uh, like mastermind type community. Um, and <laughs> just recently someone in that group asked, you know, should I have one main Facebook page for the entire campus or should I allow all of our smaller ministries to have their own. What are your thoughts? And and my whole thing is, and, and you, you hinted on this, um, if not even kind of took it to this step, but my thing is, is often Daryl Girardier puts it this way back in the day, back in, you know, the sixties, seventies, eighties, whatever you would have multiple touch points each week with the people from your church, right? They would come on Sunday morning. They would mm-hmm. come possibly on Sunday night. They would come on Wednesday, and then there might be one more event during the week that, that they would come to. So you would have four touch points to get information to them, to announce things to them, to you know uh, encourage them to show up to something. Whereas now, you know, in, in the demographic where I'm at out here in Phoenix, we're lucky to get families to show up to a Sunday morning twice a month. And so we look at social as a way to make up that difference. And so I think ministry leaders often look at social as a, as a quick win for them. When Mm -hmm. in reality, it's like, you're saying like, just like with Twitter, but I think it can extend to all of them. Like you don't understand how to use this for the purposes that you're wanting to use it for. You totally get how to use Facebook for your own person because you're going looking for pictures of family and things like that. But when it comes to representing a brand and trying to articulate an idea Um, it's a completely different way of using Facebook. So I typically counsel people who ask me this, I typically go with the argument of, I think that unless you have extraordinary circumstances, it's best for your church to have one account. Now, obviously campuses are different, but when you're, if you're a single location or, or if you're trying to have multiple, um, you know, ministries represented, I, I, I think I side with you create a group for those groups. Um, and it's better for their reach anyways. I think groups wind up having a much better reach amongst the, the group members than if they had a page. But yeah, groups for those groups and a page for the main church. And, and that's that's kind of what I've subscribed to. Now, when you're getting ready, let's t- start turning the corner here and talking about Christmas. One of the things that Scott McClellan said in our last um, in our last podcast was, you know, one of the challenge, one of the great things about Christmas is it's established. Everybody knows what Christmas is. It's well established. People are in the spirit. It's everybody's mm-hmm. kind of thinking about the same thing. But one of the bummers or one of the challenges is that it's already established. Like there's already a narrative. So, you know, how can a church use social to begin to kind of step into that zone and do it in a way that it's just not zoned out? It's just not tuned out with all the other Christmas stuff. Like how can how how can a church begin to, you know, cultivate culture through their social page, you know, in something that's already established like Christmas? Does does that make sense? Yeah. I think that churches, first of all, when you're going into Christmas, there is an expectation. People are seeking some sort of religious connection Mm. at Christmas, at Easter time. And, you know, the Christmas and Easter crowd that only come on those days, they, they do have an expectation. But how can you exceed that expectation as a church? And I was looking at some of the best marketing campaigns for brands last year and they just seemed kind of empty to me. Mm-hmm. 
they are selling, they're doing, a, they're trying to do the best they have with a product mm -hmm. and their goal is to sell that product and to win over an audience. And I think we have the best product out there that will fill every void you have. Absolutely. A toy is not going to fill a void, a phone, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it can only go so far and we just have to find a way that can connect with culture and reach them where they are. So know your community, create a clear objective. First of all, what are you trying to achieve with Christmas? We, um, I can give you some insider info Ooh. on Saddleback's Christmas. We haven't officially landed on a certain concept, but a specific concept, but one of my favorites is, um, came from actually feedback on our social channel. We did a for King and country ticket giveaway when they had a concert out here mm -hmm. last month. And I just said, we have two tickets we want to bless our community with. Let us know why you love Saddleback. And we had over 200 comments of people telling their stories of why they love Saddleback. And I kind of just expected sentences like, I love this ministry about Saddleback, or it's a great place for my kids. But we got paragraphs from people explaining how Saddleback changed their lives. And a reoccurring theme, I went through all of them and read them. Because I had to pick a winner for these tickets. <laughs> you gave yourself quite a job, didn't you? <laughs> oh, I didn't. I had no idea how much people love for King and Country and wanted to do this, but also how much people love Saddleback. And I sat with a tissue box and I was sniffling. Oh. And <laughs> I had these these paragraphs, but this reoccurring theme kept coming up, and it just said it felt like home. And these were from people that go to various campuses, even people from Germany, from around the world. Mm -hmm feeling that same feeling of home, no matter which Saddleback campus they were at. Mm. And so I thought, what if you don't live by your family, you look forward to going home for Christmas. And so one of the themes that I pitched and that the team really loves, and I hope that Rick lands on is home for Christmas at Saddleback. Mm. And we know that even the secular ads that I was looking at, those campaigns, they know they need to land on warm, inviting, and personal. And as a church, we should be the same way. We know what Christmas is, but we should be communicating warm and inviting and personal. And coming home for Christmas was just something that spurred from our social channels, really. It was inspired by our people, but more importantly, it's inspired by the experience they had at each of those campuses. Mm. And so create a clear objective, complement what the pastor's vision is. We had to pitch this not really knowing what Rick's vision is for Christmas, but it should complement whatever your pastor is doing. So speak with your pastor and see what kind of idea he has and how you can come alongside that and complement that. And then create opportunity for engagement. Don't just tell your people what to do. Give them things to interact with. Mm. Last year, our Advent series was a theme each week, hope peace, joy, and then love was what we landed on on Christmas service. Mm -hmm. So it was a series leading up to Christmas and going through the Advent. And on stage, we had these big wooden letters with the mar the marquee letters with the lights um, saying each word. And we got the idea to put those out on the campus just as an extra element. And what ended up happening was People wanted to take family pictures mm. and pictures with their friends on these letters and That's share crazy. them out to their community. So we didn't say, do this. We just gave them something to experience and engage with. And, and they did the rest. 
they did the rest. They figured it out. And they it was a piece that took a lot of thought, came together with the message series, and was well done. And they really appreciated that. And then number four for my points here is make sure that the experience matches what you're promoting. If you're going to promote warm, inviting, and personal, go beyond your cubicle at your church office and make sure you're connecting with, if you have a pastor of first impressions like we do here, and say, what are you guys doing to make sure that we have a warm, inviting, and personal environment for people here? So go beyond your cube, um, connect with your church staff, see what else you can do? Lead the way. You may be social media. You may not even be social. Maybe your job is, maybe you're a church secretary and social was put on your plate. But this is your opportunity to lead the charge for Christmas and really champion what you guys choose to stand for. Yeah, I like that. So, you know, I, I love the idea of taking those words and putting them out because as you were talking about that, before you even said anything, I was thinking, oh, I'll bet people wanted to take their pictures with those big giant signs. That's just, that's just the way people roll. It makes me think of, um, Absolutely. when they first opened up, uh, California adventure at Disney, Disneyland, mm -hmm. and they had the big yeah. giant C A L all the letters for California out in between the two parks. Everybody was snapping pictures with those. And, uh, it just, it, things like that are just natural gravitational pulls for, for people. They, they want to capture whatever it is that, you know, that they're feeling and, and a picture is a way to do that. So that's a, that's a pretty big scale thing. And I think that's awesome. Are there some easy wins that, that churches can go for, you know, in order to implement those, you know, picking your target audience and, um, having, having a strategy, things like that. Are there some easy wins, some, some ways that, that it's just like, Hey, these are, this is low hanging fruit when it comes to promoting Christmas, you know, culturally, but then also promoting, promoting your church, um, your church's Christmas festivities online and social? I think you can probably go on Pinterest and find some fun, playful social share shareables on there that you can um, repurpose onto your channels um, and get some ideas from them. It's really hard to say without knowing your audience, who you're communicating to. Mm. I don't, I might not know what the low hanging fruit is. Well, let me give you a for instance, like one, one, one thing that I would always do and some churches, their brands will allow for it and some won't. Mine did. We would always, in order to kind of get the theme going, just the theme of Christmas, not necessarily what our sermon series was or what we were talking about Christmas Eve, but we would change the profile icons for all of our, um, for all of our social networks and we would change them to Christmas versions of the logo. So like, instead of being yeah, the, the green icon, we would change it to uh, like a red icon or a white or uh, um, a white icon with a red background. And we'd put like snow on the edges of the logo or something like that. Um, you know, do yeah, you fun and interactive with the logo is what I've asked our art team to do. That's awesome. For this year. That's definitely a great idea. Part of me is hesitant because a lot of people I know my age do not like being told what to do. Hmm. So I'm a little hesitant to push for that. But if you have church members that are like, hey, we are all on board as a staff. We're going to lead the charge first and then encourage our leaders to do that next, mm -hmm. to be advocates for Christmas. I think that's the best, one of the best ways you can do it. Also, you can do your own advent calendar type of countdown on social and mm -hmm. get people excited, rally around it and be like 25 days until Christmas, 20 days, 15 days. We kind of did this for the launch of Saddleback Manila, and they went out and bought 
these gigantic mylar balloons um, and got the numbers one through 10. And they did, I think it was a 20 or 30 day countdown to the launch of Saddleback South Manila and just took a picture with different people holding the letters and or numbers in different places. And we're posting those daily on their Instagram and on their Facebook channels. And it, it was probably blew up, didn't really it? Really well done. And it all it cost for them was mylar balloons. Yeah. So that is a super easy way and it generates this excitement when you're building anticipation and counting down towards something. I think that is a great idea. Do you guys do anything have you ever done anything with Christmas music? I mean, have you incorporated that anyway or have you ever done anything with Christmas music or maybe movies or things like that? Um I'm not sure. I know that, I mean, it's hard to say what you can do that's scalable. At Saddleback Lake Forest, our central campus, we have, we bring in snow. And that's a way to connect out, not with necessarily our members, but with the community. Mm -hmm. Because it's now a story, snow in Orange County, that never happens Mm -hmm. at Christmas time. And it's an opportunity for families to come and just go sledding for a little while in between services. So that's, what think about what your church can do to, maybe reach beyond your church, but the community, how can you create an experience that they'll want to come to? Yeah. Um, because they might, they might come, we had people come, like a, we had a dad bring his daughters who had never come to church before for the snow zone. And his daughters were older high school age, which was kind of funny to us because it seems more like a kid sledding area. Yeah. But they were so excited for the snow zone and they came right at the start of a service. So the snow zones closed during service and opens in between. And they ended up going up and listening to the message. And one of them recommitted their life to Christ. So you never know what God can do through just providing opportunities for families to enjoy the season together on your church campus. Yeah. I love that. So let me ask you a question about the snow zone. Did you guys do anything to capture that for social? Uh, Did you take pictures or was it just kind of a thing that happened on the campus when people were there? We took pictures of them setting up the snow zone. We did some anticipation, some building. We promoted it through hashtag Saddleback Snow. Um, we showed, we let the staff and families go out first and encourage them to be sharing through their social channels with the hashtag. A lot of them do not understand the concept of using a hashtag. Yet. <laughs> so I'm like, make sure to hashtag it on their photos, but you have to hashtag it yourself for it to show up in search. Your Instagram also needs to not be private. Yeah. If it's private, it's kind of pointless except for you to be able to look up the hashtag on your own photo, but no one else can see it. Yeah. So you're not really contributing to anything. Um, do you- yeah, we posted when it was being set up, when they were blowing snow, we got some video of that. So that was really cool. And people were like, whoa, this is, this is real. They're blowing tons of snow here. And it made people really excited to come and actually see it. That's great. So when, so that's one set of, that's one set of content and that's one little, you know, way that a church could, um, could create content. Are there other places that you continually go back to grab for content? Like obviously Christmas hasn't happened this year. So in order to get Christmas themed stuff, you have to use, you know, something that's already been created. How, how do you curate content? Um, you know, be it graphics or, um, images or whatnot, how do you kind of come up with that, 
to ha- to have it. So you, and then you talked about the the balloons, and so they purchase those. Is there any other places that you go uh, to find content that you can use for social? Well, our content is always going to come from the weekend messages from our pastor, mm. and we share that out the previous week. But promotional promotion wise. We rely on our creative team to come up with that concept and to execute, and we will promote that way. But we really look for stories. Mm-hmm. What is the story to welcome home at Saddleback or home for Christmas this, at Saddleback? Um, and that's maybe connecting with some of those people that made comments and finding out more of the story and including that on the. We have um, a Saddleback story every weekend on the back of our bulletins, and it's the same story for every campus no matter which one you're at, it's a Saddleback member. And we get stories from different campuses. But what is a story of you experiencing Saddleback as your home? Mm -hmm. And we can encourage people that way leading up to it. So that is a form of content. And they can read the full story on the website under saddleback.com slash stories. I love that. But yeah, I think stories, everyone has a unique story, and that's a great way that you can really get people excited about Christmas or the idea or concept you guys are doing at your church. Yeah. It's highly underutilized, but highly effective. Um, Tim Peters, he was in uh, one of our earlier episodes. It was called the, um, the seat at the table episode. And he had mentioned, he said, you know, people don't leave an event talking about the mission statement or talking about, you know, the title of a message. They leave event talking about story and they leave an event talking about what happened and how it made them feel and, um, you know, what their response was to it. And so I like that. I like that idea of um, of building story and then placing it in the different, you know, the different channels that you have. And, you know, social is a great place. I mean, everybody wants wants to hear story on social because it, mostly, you know, brands are just putting out noise. But when you hear story of transformation, uh, that's that's always something special that I think people really do key in on. And especially with, uh, you know, iPhones and, you know, smart devices and whatnot, having great cameras, it's really easy to capture a story in a photo. Whereas, you know, maybe six years ago when, you know, Facebook was first being released to, you know, non-college students, it would have been harder to do something like that. So, um, Mm -hmm. I love that idea of story, um, story and video. We ended up last year. It was like one of the first years I think where we, kind of came in full circle and really joined hands together as Saddleback video team and marketing communications and our worship team that puts together the stage design and all of that and made it a complete package. Mm -hmm. And we had a new designer on staff this year and he was a member before and he just remembers how he felt with everything coming together. There wasn't some random signage on the, on the patio that was different from what was on the stage that Mm -hmm. was different the message being communicated that was different from what he saw on Facebook. It was all wrapped together nicely with a big bow. And we ended up, our video team shot stories of individuals from different campuses um, with the Advent series of Hope, Peace, Joy, and Love. And it, they were there helping, um, well, it looked like they were helping make the letters, mm-hmm. even though they weren't. But <laughs> the video brought it all together that way. And it was, it was beautiful. I'll have to find the link and share that with you. Yeah, that'd be great. I'd love to be able to share it. So something that you were just saying really, really uh, gave way to a question that I wanted to ask you. You said that, you know, we just came together really well between all of the departments and and we were able to kind of put one, you know, uh, one giant 
you know, campaign piece together and, and put that out there. And there was great synergy and harmony between it all. Um, what are some tactics? Because I know that a lot of people listening right now, they would love to have that type of synergy between their departments. But the truth is, is that, you know, their departments are fragmented. And I don't say that in a bad way. It's just the reality of where it's at. There's a lot of silos in churches. And no matter how, you know, together you are, you experience silos at some point. So if if you if, if somebody's doing social, if someone's trying to run social and they feel a little bit fragmented and there's not a clear singular vision um, for what's happening with Christmas. Is there any way that you would kind of sit down with that person over a cup of coffee? Cause I know that you absolutely love coffee. And <laughs> is there a way that you would sit down with them and maybe some things that you would say to help encourage them? Um, you know, if there's no central direction and they they know that they need to be out there, but they're really just not sure what they should do. How would you talk to that person over coffee? Well, I would pray with them about it and pray that God's will would ultimately be done. I think it was God's will and God's grace that that message last year came together. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would also encourage them, be a leader and take the initiative to be the information collector. Find out what the video team, if you have one, is doing and how that you can work together with them on a story to share through social channels. Or go and find out what stage design is doing so that you can complement that through social. Be the person that unites everyone together and you will be much more respected mm. for that. I, I think that. that's all I have to say about that. No, that, <laughs> no, that's great. Be the person who unites people together. And one theme, I, I don't know if you meant to say this, but one theme that came through in both of those, uh, both of those things that you said was kind of taking on the role of, of, of the servant and not, you know, pushing your agenda, but you said, you know, seeing what they're doing and find something that complements what they're doing. And I think that's really tough a lot of times because we have ideas in our own heads of, you know, what we want to see happens. But, um, you know, if, if, if change isn't something that you can facilitate, you know, complimenting somebody else, complimenting what somebody else is doing, I think that's a great way to, to go about making that happen. I mean, wouldn't you say so that just kind of taking that role of a servant? Absolutely. And that's something that my boss, Anthony Miller, has fed into our team is that we are here to serve and support. And when you start pushing your own agenda on people, it comes across a little combative. Mm -hmm. And you really need to take a step back and think, what am I here to do? We have so many great ideas on our creative team, but they half of them never happen Mm -hmm. because we're here to serve and support our pastor in the direction he's taking the church in. Mm -hmm. But we can't. We can't get upset about that idea because there's another great idea that we are standing behind and supporting and we're getting excited about that one. And we can maybe save that one for a later time. But, yeah, it's never about our agenda. It's about serving and supporting our pastor and our other ministry teams. Yeah, that's great. So I would love to know what are some of the tools that you use to manage such a large social media presence? You know, do you you have favorite favorite apps or favorite um, services that you really love using and anything that you would recommend to people? Because I know that that's something folks are always interested in. Yeah, surprisingly, people are surprised. So <laughs> not that crazy big budget at all, especially for social media. I am a one-person team. Wow. Lucky to get interns that I can help train and send out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just me, and we also don't have a budget for a lot of paid tools. Mm-hmm. So I try to find what's out there that can best complement what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And 
that's scheduling some content during the week. I like buffer. I like using Hootsuite. I like seeing in organized columns who we're interacting with, what the conversation is, what conversation is happening on our hashtag. And I think Hootsuite does a great job at doing that. Buffer does a great job at sending out content at times of day when Twitter is highly populated and doing a good job at posting the photos, which I don't think Hootsuite does the best job at posting photos natively in Hootsuite, but Buffer does. And you can also, sometimes I'll do a post on Facebook and buffer it out to Twitter. Mm-hmm. And I just have to change a word, the wording a little because I know my audience there and what they will appreciate hearing yeah. and what they want. But that's a great tool. And then Facebook scheduler. Don't use anything else to post to Facebook. Just use Facebook. They have made it that way intentionally because they want you on their own platform. And the tool is refining all the time. Mm-hmm. They even just change where the schedule button goes now. And you can even schedule it for odd times, which you couldn't do before. It was like 12.30, 12.35, 12.45, 12.50. And now you can set it out at 12.56 if you want to, um, which is really cool because I like to encourage people right before service starts at 3.59. They can tune in at 4 o'clock live for our Saturday night service with Rick. Very cool. So, yeah, buffer. Hootsuite, um, there is, if you're an iPhone user, Latergram is a tool that will remind you when to post. You can kind of set up the Instagram post with the content, and a, a little reminder will pop up that will say publish now, and then you click it, and it opens up the post in Instagram, and you can just publish it right through there. I haven't found any actual scheduling tools for Instagram yet. I'm not sure that there are any, but if there are, I will let you know. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, I've been using Latergram. I really, I really like that tool a lot too. And I think they just took it out of beta, and they've got you know still a free plan, and then they have some paid options too. But it's been really nice. I think that's as good as it gets when it comes to scheduling Instagram. Mm-hmm. Latergram, Insta Size. If you people have a hard time with images and finding good size for their channel. But InstaSize, it'll leave the image at the exact size you want it, or you can zoom in or zoom out. But it helps you modify the size of that. I like that one. Um, Word Swag is another app I, I've used a little more, but now that I'm working a little more with our art team, mm-hmm. they're creating more templates for me through Photoshop to create our social share. So I don't need to use Word Swag, but if you don't have an art team supplying you with templates, which a lot of churches don't. Word Swag is a great app to make those social shares. Um, yeah. Oh, Hyperlapse is pretty cool. Getting a Hyperlapse video of people coming into the your worship center or out um, activity on campus through Hyperlapse. That's also fun. Do you know what Hyperlapse is, Dave? Isn't that the new Instagram, um, the new Instagram app where it'll do like time? time lapse in 15 seconds or something yeah it speeds things up yeah yeah really fun. it is very cool i've seen a lot of people use that creatively i like it a lot mm-hmm. so that's a fun one that you can mess around with uh, i think those are my favorites very cool well Haley, thank you so much for taking the time i appreciate it i know that uh you guys are 
you know, always hitting the ground running out there. So your time uh, is valuable, but I know that the time that you've spent with us here, it will not be, it will not be wasted. I know there's a lot of folks who are going to be really anxious um, to start applying some of the things that you've talked about. And what I really love is that you, you emphasize the the relational part and the, uh, and the really understanding your audience and, and, you know, everyone gets excited about the apps and the tools and stuff like that, but all that stuff, it only amplifies you know, whatever your message is. So if your message is clear, it amplifies it clearly. If your message is muddy, uh, it amplifies, you know, mud. So, mm-hmm. um, the tools are fun, but it's, it's the relationships and the message that's important. And that's, that's just something that you do a great job hitting. So thank you so much. If uh, people want yeah. to connect with you and, uh, you know, see more of what you're doing, where would you like to send them? I have an about me page. So about me.com slash Haley Viteris. You can find me there, and that'll link you out to all my social channels. Awesome, easy that enough. Was easy to say. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, after you, after you, uh, after I saw that you had an about me page, I signed up for one too. So I have an about me page as well. It's really, yeah. really easy to set up, and it's clean, and it looks really nice. It does look really nice, and I would like to encourage all my fellow churches out there that we're linking arms together. We're all promoting Easter. We are all on the same team. So please take some time to do an excellent job because we have the most excellent Savior that we worship, um, and we want others to know and follow Him too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Haley, thank you. Thank you, Dave. Right. I hope you enjoyed that. One of the things that I really appreciated about that conversation, I, you know, I went back and listened to it again because, um, one, I like writing great show notes and providing great show notes for you guys, which you can get at churchmarketingsucks.com slash 009. But the other reason I went back and listened is because something that Haley does, and I don't know if she's doing it on purpose, subconsciously, but I love it either way, is everything that she says, she says it so simplistically Uh, yet it's so powerful. She says little things like, well, I'm not sure that I could speak into that because I don't know the target audience. Or she'll say something like, I'm not exactly sure what I would prescribe because I don't know what the goal is. And so these little subtle things, it's, it's really the excellence that Haley, it's really coming out of the excellence that Haley uses when she approaches the work that she does. And, And the truth is, is she knows that what she does at Saddleback is not going to be the same everywhere else. A lot of times, uh, you know, people from large scale churches, um, they mean well, but they'll give advice as if this is the right way to do it. And, you know, folks like you and me, we listen to it and we're just like, well, I don't have a team of 40 people. So I guess I'm just destined to fail. And, and Haley is like totally the opposite of that. She will make little, little subtle statements like that, that, you know, it, it really gives you insight as, as to, you know, what are the important things? The important things are knowing your audience. The important things, um, you know, is having a defined goal. So go back, listen to it again, write down things. I mean, there's lots of really great quick wins. I know we talked in there and, you know, we kind of had a few, but there's a lot of quick wins throughout the entire thing. Go back, listen to it over again. All right. 
It is Thanksgiving week, so we are going to sign off here. Remember, check out the show notes, churchmarketingsucks.com slash 009. Rate us on the iTunes store. I'm going to hopefully have some more reviews to read next time, and I would love to be able to read yours. So until next time, my name is Dave Shrine. You can look me up on Twitter, at Dave Shrine. Visit my blog, daveshrine.com. Either which way, I'd love to connect with you, so reach out, and until next time, Shrine out.